Congressman, good morning. Appreciate your time. Hey, it's great to be with you. Uh, you're heading into your final year in Congress after announcing that you're not going to run again. I'm curious, Congressman, how much of your decision not to seek another term is due to the gerrymandering of the districts in North Carolina by the General Assembly? A hundred percent due to the gerrymandering. Uh, you know, we, we won a 50-50 seat. We had a, a fair fight in the current North Carolina's 13th district. It was a district that was an R plus two, so it slightly leaned Republican. Could have gone either way. We won by three points. And, you know, it was the kind of district that all districts should look like, where, where the best ideas are going to win. Uh, you know, the Republicans in the legislature used extreme partisan gerrymandering to rig the system against me. And they drew a district that was R plus 18, which is just totally unwinnable for a Democrat. So uh, that was that was the decision was not one for, for any reason other than than uh, there was no district to run for. And, and then I was double bunked with Deborah Ross, uh, you know, with, with a, a chunk of, of my district, too. And she's doing a great job in Congress and wasn't going to run against her. For you, have you given any thought to what your plans might be after your time in Congress? Yeah, I've got so much more work I want to do. Uh, and we're going to keep fighting with every ounce of, of our energy here in my office for the rest of the year to do the work, to bring our country together, to work in a bipartisan way to get things done. But in the next election, in 2026, there's a Senate seat up, and uh, that's one that could make a huge difference for our state. So we're, we're focusing on the next election, and for this one, doing everything I can to help elect other like-minded Democrats. Turning our focus back to, to your time in Congress now, you're a member of the Problem Solvers Caucus. For our listeners who may not be aware of what that is, can you tell us more about the focus of that caucus? Yeah, it, it's a really great group in Washington. Uh, 32 Democrats, 32 Republicans. We're the only truly bipartisan group in Congress. We meet regularly and work on bipartisan legislation. And, and in this Congress, with Republicans having a narrow majority in the House, Democrats having a narrow majority in the Senate, the only way we're going to get things done is if we work together. So I've been focusing on uh, doing the things that we need to do here in Washington to build bipartisan support for legislation so we can get it through the Congress, onto the president's desk, and signed into law. That's the whole point of what we're doing here. And the Problem Solvers Caucus is right at the center of it on all these issues. How do you do that, though? Because there is, Congressman, so much divisiveness in Washington. It feels like it's just hard for anybody to get anything done. So how do you break through some of that and get things onto the president's desk? Well, you know, I think going back to your first question about gerrymandering, that is a thousand percent the problem in the in the U.S. House of Representatives. My district is one of only less than 10 percent that are competitive. The other 90% of the seats in Congress that we're talking about, you know, close to 400 of the 435 seats in the House, there's there's no choice in November. Is it, you know, they're, they're gerrymandered so far one way or the other. Whoever wins the Democratic primary, the Republican primary, is basically guaranteed to get elected to Congress. So the people I work closest with are people in districts like mine who are, you know, have that incentive to get things done and to work together. So if we got rid of partisan gerrymandering, we'd have so many more people willing to, you know, incentivize to, to work together. Uh, and what we're seeing in Congress now is essentially doing almost nothing in the last year, uh, at least nothing substantive, not, nothing major to truly improve people's lives. Uh, gerrymandering and the hyperpartisanship is, you know, it's, it's all totally connected. As we mentioned, this is your last year in office in Congress. What are the biggest initiatives that you would like to accomplish in this next year that would help your constituents in North Carolina? Yeah, I, 
think there's two that I'm spending a lot of time working on. Number one is border security and immigration reform. You know, the, the Senate had had put together a deal that you know was was a very fair and balanced deal that you know the far left didn't like it, the far right didn't like it, but that's how you know you've got a good a good bill. And it looks like that's being scuttled today, which in the Senate, which is um, very disappointing. But we're going to keep working on these issues because we need to fix a broken immigration system, and we've got to secure our southern border. That's one of my top priorities. Also, I want to talk about um, democracy around the world. Uh, we need to stand with Ukraine. And we're, we're at the cusp of literally handing over the country to Russia and Vladimir Putin by failing to act, abandoning Ukraine. Uh, it, it is absolutely a shame. And um, it's one where the majority of my Republican colleagues in the House want to stand with Ukraine, but we have the far-right extremists like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates who have blocked up everything because they've told Mike Johnson, the, the House Speaker, that if he moves a bill on Ukraine, they're going to sack it. So, you, you know, you, you essentially have just 10 or 20 of the most extreme Republicans running the show and preventing us from voting on legislation that, that stand with, with our friends and allies in Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan. These are incredibly important uh, places in the world right now. And democracy is, is literally on the line here. I want to circle back to the Israel aid. You mentioned that. I'm also curious how the U.S. avoids getting drawn further into this conflict from your perspective, other than just giving aid to our allies. Well, I, you know, I think Israel certainly is on the front line of making sure that, uh, you know, they don't come for us next. And that's certainly the goal of Hamas. It, it is, you know, destroying Israel and the United States. Hamas is a terrorist organization, an absolutely brutal uh terrorist organization. They killed over 1,200 Israelis, uh, civilians, in, in a, you know, absolutely uh, horrific attack uh, in October. And, um, you know, the, the support, the aid that we give democracies like Israel and, and Ukraine uh, is in our national security interest. You know, we are, we are putting that money to use for American jobs, and, and frankly, the, the question that, you know, is, is part of this is it's expensive. You know, it's foreign aid, standing with our allies is expensive. But for the, for the folks listening, I would, I would tell, I can tell them that if we fail to act and we hand over Ukraine or certainly Israel to their adversaries, um, the cost, at least in terms of Russia, will be 100 times greater containing an aggressive Russia around the globe. They will not stop with Ukraine. They will continue moving through Eastern Europe, the Baltics, Poland, Georgia. These, these are, that is absolutely what's, what's on Putin's mind. And, uh, you know, Israel's the only democracy in the Middle East. They're surrounded by enemies. We, we need to make sure they continue to remain um, uh, a, a, an independent nation. I want to let you go with this thought, Congressman. Yesterday, uh, Homeland Secretary Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, the impeachment bid by House Republicans failed. Curious to get your thoughts on that and that failed impeachment effort. You know, I, I think my Republican colleague, Mike Johnson specifically, is just one of the worst vote counters. Uh, I, I can, can tell you one nice thing about my time in the, the state Senate. Um, Phil Berger, who was the Republican leader of the Senate, never put a bill on the floor for a vote uh, if he didn't have the vote, but continually... My Republican colleagues continue to lose these votes. Um, they ought to get better at counting votes. But the Mayorkas impeachment was absolutely a sham impeachment effort, unprecedented in, in our country's history. 
you know, he hadn't violated the law or committed a high crime or misdemeanor. He was just following existing law. And if my Republican colleagues want to fix the border, you know, we have folks in the middle like me who want to do that. We should be focusing on that, not, you know, playing partisan political games, trying to do, you know, dumb messaging on, on sacking the head of an agency for following the law. North Carolina Congressman Wiley Nickel. Congressman, thank you so much for the time and look forward to having you back on the show again soon. Hey, it was great to be with you.